Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a fantastic Friday morning. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corlin of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good? <laughs> I always try to pause to let, to let her answer first so we're not over-talking each other. I'm doing good, doing good. I'm excited. I'm going out to uh, help my friend this weekend for a few days, um, plus get a little pool time in and relaxation, but... She nice. runs a STEM, STEM school and she works with, you know, the after school programs at schools and at churches as well. And obviously that's been completely shut down. So she found this facility where she can set everything up herself and have kids come there. So I'm going to help her a little bit with that while I'm there. And oh, that's, go a little R &R in. that's good. I can't leave my house. So. You're still on lockdown with the curfew? We're all still on lockdown, and today's my birthday, so oh, I'm not going anyway. Today's your birthday? Shut yeah. up. I'm old man. Oh my Thank gosh, I feel no so horrible. Morning. <laughs> huh? I'm the worst person. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. I did not know. Happy birthday, bud. Happy you, you birthday. Can't, you can't leave during the day? Uh, no, I could probably leave during the day. But I just have a little party here with myself. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Well, I can't go. I can't go. I can't go out to dinner or anything. So I would say go out in nature, but it's cold there, isn't it? Well, you probably get fined for that curfew. But that's not until eight tonight, right? Yeah, but I I need to be like essential to be on the road. If they care that, but then I'd have to wear a mask and shit. Mm, <laughs> right. Right. Yep. It's kind oh of really, kind of really not worth it unless you just you go know, out in your backyard and box some kangaroos or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have beautiful property there. Yeah, that's what I'm a big idea. <laughs> box yeah, so some I'm kangaroos. <laughs> go get your ass kicked, speaker. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't lose. I put on my boxing gloves to take them down. Yeah. <laughs> I might be getting might be getting older, but I can still rumble. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what what are we getting in today? Now, oh forward. my goodness! Uh, we've got we've got seven positive points that Corey's going to go into. We're all going to chime in, so it'd be good to start the podcast with something positive. Uh, Galen Maxwell update: Flynn uh, dismissal hearing. Uh, something that just dropped before, which is kind of a big deal: uh, Israel and the United Arab Emirates peace agreement peace in the Middle East. Yeah, we can add uh, that to the positive points, too. Yeah, no, no, nothing wrong with that. Well, uh, the, the liberals are screaming. They hate it. They're like, right. peace. Boo. Peace. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we have to talk about uh, Kamala and Joe. We kind of saw that happen. Um, an article by James again, Adventures in Homeschooling, Open to New Possibilities. And we'll chat a little bit about our new hive mind vid that's coming out on Monday, which we did on Operation Paperclip. Awesome. Mm, awesome. So let's roll. That'd be a good one. Yeah, well, we, we, we thought it was a good one to uh, touch on because it leads to so many other things, you know? Right, right. Good, I'm going to have to check that out. That's what I'm going to do because everyone goes to bed way before me. So when I'm, I'm out of town this weekend, I'm going to catch up on your videos. 
Yeah, thanks. I've been wanting to watch, listen to the um, the five G one, and then the the ancient uh, Egypt one. Yeah, awesome. so that's 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 what that's why we wanted to do these things that could kind of be timeless, so you can always go back and watch them, or you know, there's no set date or when you have to go watch those vids. They're always just there. Right. Exactly. Good times. So let's roll, Corey. Let's, let's, get let's roll. Let's rock and roll. So yeah, I needed this week <laughs> to just be a positive week. So we started with James. James put out an awesome um, article, Adventures in Homeschooling, Open Up New Possibilities. And he's just, he's such an excellent writer. So so I encourage all parents to read this because it's, it's really inspiring and just uh, some of his experiences with homeschooling his daughter and some perspective on this. And um, so definitely check that out. And then I wanted to pull up some points, um, some good points, some good things that are going on because I think we get enough of the negative stuff thrown at us day in and day out. So um, Let's see. So let's start with Trump's new executive orders and memorandums, which I know much of this has already been talked about. There's just a couple of points I want to make. So <clears throat> there's memory, there's only one executive order. The other three are memorandums, just so people are aware. The memorandum on deferments for student loan payments. There's a memorandum on extending unemployment benefits with additional $400 a week aid because I believe that expired July 31st and they just weren't getting it done um, with their <laughs> negotiations there. So then we have an executive order to extend moratorium on evictions. And then of course, the one everyone's talking about is the deferred payroll taxes uh, that's also a memorandum. Uh, deferred payroll taxes from September 1st through December 1st for those making under 104000 Now, he did say that, um, well, to quote him, he said, if I'm victorious on November 3rd, I plan to forgive these taxes and make permanent cuts to the payroll tax. I'm going to make them all permanent. In other words, I'll extend beyond the end of the year and terminate the tax. So we'll see what happens. Now, just so people know, I'm pretty certain in order to do that, they'd have to actually pass legislation. I do not think he can just kill payroll taxes with an executive order. That would have to go through legislation. So, so hopefully the, uh, you know, we win the House and the Senate and that's what happen. I was thinking. I was yeah. thinking he's thinking that we're going to win the House and the Senate, and it's already mm -hmm. right. Yeah, like honestly, that's the only way we can really actually move forward in a big way is if you take those two branches. No, as it has to happen. Paul Ryan's not there anymore, so we yeah. might actually have a chance to get some stuff through. Yeah, yeah, and so this is deferred, meaning you would have to pay back at the end of the year just so that's clear. But also my, my thinking is, you know, when I hear something like this, okay, if we're going to make the, this tax cut permanent, then where are they going to pull from? Obviously the left immediately is saying, he's trying to remove your social security and Medicare and yada, 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 which isn't the case. However, where are they gonna make up that difference? So back in, I think it was in like 2012, there was a tax deferment going on through Obama and they ended up 
throwing it into um, a mortgage tax on homeowners. So like if you paid, had a mortgage of say $200,000, it would equate to roughly $15 a month. Um, and, and that was for like the life of the loan. So it wasn't just some short term thing. So that adds up. So I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know me, I want income tax gone completely because it's illegal. So I want payroll tax gone as well. I want property taxes gone. All this crap is illegal. But whenever I hear something like that, that something's going to be removed, my first thought is where, where are they going to pull it from? <laughs> well, he said something about the general fund, and I have to be honest here because I don't know much about that. But mm. then my first thought was just about how these EOs that he's done in the past about freezing assets of, mm -hmm. per of particular people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking he's thinking that he's going to have a, a, an extra lump of cash to be able to cut taxes now because of some asset forfeitures due to some criminal activity of people that may be going down. That's just my assumption. I'm just guessing and spitballing here, but that was my first thought. Yeah, I was just talking about that the other day with my parents. They didn't realize. I said, I said, you know, I see the press releases coming out from the Justice Department for like four years, almost four years now. My eyes have been seeing, you know, this fine, this 500 million here, 3 billion here, like all these fines and seizures going on. So I can't even imagine the tally on all of that right now. And that's going to go somewhere. So, so you have a good point. And then, um, Another one I just want to mention real quick is the, the executive order that he signed on covering, making certain that pre-existing conditions are covered and, and everyone's, you know, going on about how, well, that's already covered in Obamacare. But see what that signals to me is uh, something's brewing, something's coming soon with a healthcare plan and so that the left can't try to put the kibosh on it and spin it as though he's trying to remove pre-existing conditions because they've done that over the past few years saying Trump wants to take away your pre-existing conditions and shut down Obamacare and yada, yada, yada. So by doing this, he's doubling down on it before they even get their health care plan out, which they really need to do because we've been waiting quite some time for that. So I think that's what that was kind of about there. Yeah, then, I love the timing. How uh, and the, when he came and did a press conference talking about the the payroll tax uh, ex extending or possibly terminating it, um, mm -hmm. that was like right after Kamala and Joe were were doing their first joint press conference. So the the optics on that it's so great because. Uh, it, it seems like he's got a follow-up to every single one of their arguments, you know, because they were talking yeah. about the, these things and then he just had an answer for it, you know, 30 minutes later, you know, in his own pre press conference coming out with some really awesome, you know, news. So right. it, yeah, he's got a, a good rebuttal to every single one of their arguments about how he's failed you know they were talking about how he failed the economy and he came out 30 minutes later and he was showing like the, the actual numbers and yeah. everything. And it was just like yeah they they got nothing <laughs> they got nothing all right so then moving over to florida uh rep anthony sabatini 
just won his case in Martin County, Florida. Now, some people might remember that I had included his information in the article I did on attorneys fighting for our rights. And so I was kind of following up to see how these cases were going. And so just on uh, August 10th, he tweeted out, just in, less than a month after we filed our lawsuit against Martin County, the county commission has decided to drop the unlawful mask mandate. Thanks to the citizens who oppose this terrible policy and to our plaintiff, James Crocker, for fighting back. So now this is specific to, you know, residents and visitors of Martin County, but um, those working, you know, employees working inside grocery stores, restaurants, retail, retail stores and gyms still are required to wear them until Martin County officials decide that it's no longer needed. But at least, you know, the citizens and visitors there are not required to wear masks anymore. So that's pretty cool. If we could see that ripple effect go across the country, that would be glorious. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then I've noticed uh, there has been a lot of Save the Children rallies going on. And we know that they've been, uh, there's, you know, the hashtagging's been off the charts, well, for a few years now, but it's been really picking up. Have you guys noticed, like over the last year, a lot of college students and the younger generation are hitting this really hard now, like on TikTok and Instagram and about yeah. child trafficking. Oh yeah, I've definitely noticed it picking up and people waking up to this. What about you, Speaker? We've, we've also seen social media start um, hiding the hashtag making mm -hmm. it harder and actually speaking out about it. A few of them speaking out about it. Apparently it's jeopardizing actual Save the Children campaigns. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I know there's people popping up in different towns and I think there were some bigger ones over in California. There's one coming this weekend out by me. So a lot of people are starting to take to the streets to try to bring more awareness to this. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, very cool. I mean, to see these rallies, I mean, it's one thing to see the hashtag going around or to see people say on TikTok making videos, but actually see rallies of this. It's just next level. And it tells me just so many more people are waking up to it. Right, exactly. So then we have Warner Brothers and HBO laying off 800 staff, including some high level people, you know, presidents of different divisions. And they're calling it a company-wide restructuring to consolidate Warner Media's production operations into a single entity and focus on HBO Max, which is a new streaming service up against Netflix. Disney and NBC Universal have also gone through rounds of layoffs and furloughs. So there's they're definitely feeling the heat, not just from things closing down, but they are definitely feeling the heat from everyone calling them out and calling out the child trafficking. Oh yeah. Disney's definitely in the spotlight these days. So. Oh yeah. The article you did on, on Corey's digs constantly re recirculates. <laughs> Love it. The one you did on Disney. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had, now this one, this is going to be an interesting one. So one to keep our eyes on in the next several weeks here. So did you guys see that? Now I've missed several of the press conferences. I've been going in and trying to pick up some bits and pieces through the transcripts and whatnot. But 
uh, Trump announced the new coronavirus task force, um, Dr. Scott Atlas. Did you see that? No, I missed that. Ah, so <clears throat> this could shake things up because he's level-headed about this virus and he talks about the hysteria being created. He, um, he spoke on, he's on Fox, um, I think, I'm sure he's been on several times on Fox. So in mid-July, in an appearance on Fox, amid a national debate over keeping schools closed, he said, we are the only country in the world, this is a level of hysteria, like, wait, this is a level of hysteria, like this is something I feel like I'm living in a Kafka novel here. I mean, I get thousands of emails a week from all over the world, from professors, teachers, mothers in the United States and elsewhere. They are stunned that we are willing to just simply destroy our children out of some bizarre notion that is completely contrary to the science. And then Kaylee, um, she quotes Atlas often. And in July, she quoted him saying, children under 18 have virtually zero risk of death from COVID, virtually zero risk of serious illness illness. So we've noticed a lot of us have been calling out Fauci and Burks for, for quite some time now, but I've seen a lot of new people coming on board and a lot of blue check marks on Twitter coming on board, calling for the removal of them or fire Fauci. And so I think that by him bringing Dr. Atlison, this is, this is, you know, we're now going to have another spokesman up there talking. And of course the left is going to bash him and say, oh, he's, he's, uh, you know, Trump's puppet. That's all. But the fact of the matter is this dude has a solid background here and he's now on the task force. And so we have another voice out there and hopefully Fauci's voice is going to start to go to the background because God knows how many times this man has, has lied. It's not even, it's not even, you can't even call it misleading or, Oh, he got it wrong. I mean, it's out and out lies. Yeah. And do you think this guy's going to be talking about hydroxychloroquine? I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, to be honest, he may have mentioned something already. I'd have to go in and, uh, and, and dig through some past um, interviews or times that he's been on with Fox or other stations and see what he said. Yeah. Cause that would be amazing to have someone on the task force that was, you know, with, with the same amount of authority and, you know, credibility talking about it. Uh, not that these doctors that the frontline doctors didn't have credibility. Of course they did, but just to have someone on the task force being an advocate right. for that would be amazing. Right. Well, and then I believe it was on Limbaugh. He did a story on this and I want to say that he had said that Dr. Atlas made it sound like this virus is already burning itself out. It's coming to an end and, and sort of implied that, that by October, I bet we see this completely fizzle out. So, <laughs> so interesting, just interesting time frames there. And then no one can stop Sturgis, right? So we're talking like two, they, they are anticipating. So people have been in Sturgis, the motorcycle rally in South Dakota for a 10 day event. And most of them are not wearing masks. And if, and of course it, this probably is not being reported very much because they were anticipating like 250,000 people being there. 
And the governor said, no, I'm not going to require masks because after the July 4th event at Mount Rushmore, you know, there's been no reports of an outbreak or anything. And most people weren't wearing masks there. There were a lot of people there. So, so everyone's partying it up in Sturgis right now. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it is. I bet you a lot of those people are Trump supporters too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I only caught um, a couple of clips of people being asked um, about if they're concerned, you know, with the virus being there and amongst all those people or not wearing a mask. And they say, no, because we think this is totally overhyped. We know what the bigger game is here and it's all been politicized. <laughs> so, so yeah, so they're aware. They're aware. Not buying it. Nope, not buying it. So then the New York Times finally called out Antifa for what they are. I don't know if you guys saw that one. No, that's yeah. weird. The New York Times. So was that, was, was that after the link uh, Antifa.com got sent to the Biden's campaign? <laughs> on, wait, wait, I missed that. Say that again. Didn't you say that? The, the, the Antifa.com link got redirected. Oh yeah, I did Biden see that. They, they, they took it down though, didn't they? Yeah, they, they took it down quick. That's hysterical. They, they, they worked it out quickly. They're like, oh shit, this is not good. <laughs> and, and, and also the Kamala thing. Did you see um, that one? The mykamala.org? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that's the one you were talking about. No, there's two of them. There's the Antifa one that got jacked and there's the kamala.org one that got jacked. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. What happened? Well, the, <laughs> the Kamala one. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll send you a message now. It's hilarious. Well, what about the listeners? <laughs> are they going to yeah. know? <laughs> no, it, they don't get to know. get to know. I can't send you all messages. No, um, so the mykamala.org page is like an old account that she had from like 2012 or something that where she was selling stuff. And like, Obviously, she forgot to renew her page. It has to be the Trump campaign or something. Got a hold of it, re-registered it, and then changed the graphics on it. So it's like Trump holding a baby, and the baby's Kamala. It's like <laughs> by my shirt. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but they're, oh, my gosh. You can tell they're in, like, uh, full drive mode on shit posting now, especially the vids that Trump, Trump's been putting out. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and my friend who does, you know, cybersecurity stuff, he checked the, the he traced the, the other one, the Antifa one that went to the Biden site. He traced that because there's ways you can kind of trick it and do a direct to it. But he traced it down and said that it, it, it was an actual, um, and I, I don't know the terminology for this, you know, I'm not a cybersecurity guru person here, but, but it was, it was legit that that website was actually redirecting to Biden's. Oh, yeah. So that's interesting. I wonder how long that has been around. Well, I don't know. Cause I've never found the need to go to Antifa.com, but right? yeah, if, exactly. if that was, if that was around for a while, it's mm. interesting. So anyway, so this New York Times article, the headline is Abolish the Police. Those who survived the chaos in Seattle aren't so sure. And they called them, they called out Antifa. They said, 
They are radical, leaderless, leftist political movement that uses armed, violent protests as a method to create what supporters say is a more just and equitable country. They even called out the democratic leadership of these cities and argued against defunding the police. So we'll put that link under here. But it's just shocking when you see, um, you know, the New York Times or WAPO or any of the mainstream news finally calling out Antifa for what they are. So that's, that's a little interesting, a little telling. So those were my seven positive points that I wanted to um, bring up for the nice. week. We could go back to Kamala now if you want. <laughs> Did you see the CNN? This, this is the one that gets me. So CNN tweeted out, Joe Biden made the pick that maximized his chances of continuing to make the race a straight referendum on Trump while also selecting someone whose resume suggests being ready to step in if and when Biden decides to step aside. Uh Wow. Yep. Already planting the seed there. Yep. So is that going to happen before the debate? So if we do have debates, it'll be Kamala up against Trump. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, it would. Because, you know, their argument on the other side will always be you cannot criticize a black female or, or right. you're racist. Or, or a so, female. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, right. you can't. Yeah, just add, add them all up. Black female, female... <laughs> What else can you criticize? So they're trying to pick someone that they feel will be completely immune to scrutiny, Mm -hmm. which Kamala, you could go through her entire record as AG and DA and have a ton of examples of corruption, uh, getting, you know, payments from shady figures, um, you know, this, this going after people who were, you know, against Planned Parenthood and, you know, that whole thing with Planned Parenthood and the videotapes and the aborted baby parts. And that was all exposed in California. And Kamala went hard after those people. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that you could dig up from her past to talk about. And now I guess Mm -hmm. their, their argument is really just simply going to be, you cannot criticize her because of her the color of her skin, basically. And we, and we know what the main attack's going to be. You're racist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right Peter Schweitzer was just on, uh, was it last night on Fox? I can't even remember. Uh, and then Breitbart covered it in an article. Um, he was saying, you know, because I know he recently published a book on a lot of the people that were potential um, candidates for president and so i'm pretty certain she's she's covered in his book but he says that he was talking about how you know during that time she refused to prosecute cases of priests sexual abuse is um when she was san francisco district attorney so yeah there, there's a lot i know a lot of people have dug into her i haven't personally dug into her um she makes me cringe Oof. she makes I heard me cringe it. I- I heard on the grapevine Stacey Abrams has not um, conceded defeat yet in her. Opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> She's gone hard for that VP role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see them going very far. 
I felt pretty I strongly when when <laughs> I saw Kamala with that, whether it was a facelift or just botched Botox, whatever, I'm like, oh, she's prepping for a VP. She already knows because yeah. you, know, yeah. you don't go and get your face all done like that mm-hmm. <laughs> unless mm-hmm. you know. And yep, sure enough. So that was like my first clue about right. being the, the front runner. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy video. I can't get it out of my head. I think I saw it a million times. Everyone was sharing that because it just didn't even yeah. look like the same person. It didn't, did it? It was weird. Nope. No, didn't look like the same person. And we've gotten a lot of comments about that. And I'm sure <laughs> we will in the comments here. It's not the same person. <laughs> oh, that she's a clone? Yes. <laughs> not it's all vanity and a lot of money yeah mm. yeah they all do it they all do it gosh hillary's probably done it a dozen times oh my gosh I'm, pelosi i can only imagine what she would look like if she didn't have her face right. on regularly <laughs> oh my gosh right. oh my gosh right. like, her, eyebrow, her eyebrows and lids are just like pinned upwards now yeah yeah there's a lot of, like I, I saw a lot of like hardcore socialists, Bernie supporters, under his tweet when he tweeted in support of of Kamala, Kamala, however you say it, I don't really care. Um, that were like, no, Bernie, no, they like hate her. Yeah, the polls that that they keep putting out are so absurd, so so ridiculous. Uh, I'm sorry, I just think we're gonna win by a landslide pending election fraud <laughs> but hopefully we have that somewhat under control what's frustrating me though is that you know i think back four years ago we were up to like what two in the morning waiting for the results and i'm like doing the math going we need this one and we need that one and it was just you're like on the edge of your seat it was so exciting and now they're making it sound like well, the numbers are going to take a long time. We're probably not going to know the results the day of election day and just, yep. just so much. See, here's what so their plan crap. is. Here's what their plan was, actually. I think Trump's putting a stop to it is, you know, of course, we know about the mail-in ballots. And they were trying to get that funded through this bill that Pelosi and Schumer have been holding up forever. And that Trump pretty much just went right around that and did the executive orders. But uh, they were wanting to give millions and millions to mail-in voting. Now mm-hmm. they don't even have the funding to do that. But that's, that was their plan. They know that the, um, that the mailing system was going to be just completely flooded, completely unable to handle that influx, and that it was going to cause chaos, that it was going to drag things out. And Biden yeah. has hired 600 attorneys okay he's probably spent more on on legal than he has on campaigning at this point and his whole plan is to litigate this the heck out of this thing afterwards in every in every battleground state you can expect that this is going to happen where they're going to contest the results and and so that i think has been their plan but definitely putting a stop to the funding of the mail-in voting uh really screw is screwing up that plan for them so uh that's definitely a good good move for trump to uh to not compromise with the dems on that with this bill that they were trying to to propose for uh, oh yeah i mean i i 
gosh, like a month ago, I ordered a book from about five states away and it was mailed USPS and it took two and a half weeks to get to me. So it just kept sitting in like different distribution areas, you know, and, and I'd keep checking. I'm like, oh my God, it's been sitting there for five days and it hasn't even moved. So I can't even imagine the nightmare it would be if people were to do that. And then so many of them coming in late after the fact, and then what, those can't be counted. It would, it would be a friggin' nightmare. So I really hope that people are going to get out and go to the polls and actually, you know, feet on the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think so. It's okay. Put on your mask. <laughs> yeah. Just put on your mask. Stand six feet apart. Mm-hmm. And thank God it'll be like in November because I can deal with the cold. I don't like the heat. If I have to stand outside for six hours to vote in person, I will. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have to ha have to have that mentality in this election. It's very you have, important. You have to right now. It's it's serious business, man. So what's going on with Maxwell? Is she, is she getting moved over to the general pop or no? Well, that's the word. I, I actually don't know what the judge has ruled on that, but this week she did request to be moved to general pop, which is interesting because, you know, she's been under such scrutiny. She's been uh, under heavy security because of what happened to Epstein, obviously. She was even, at, I believe, on suicide watch, even though she and her lawyers claim that she was not suicidal, but... You know, obviously, they're just taking extra precautions with her. And uh, so they were claiming that she did not have, you know, fair uh, prison circumstances. And they were requesting that she be put in general population, which I don't think that's going to go well for her. <laughs> so, no, mm. no. Yeah. Uh, so we just definitely need to keep an eye on that. But also she, in that same request that was filed this week, was requesting to um, have the names of three victims unsealed, which I hope that doesn't happen either because, you know, these victims deserve to not be harassed or threatened or feel like they could be, you know, these people that Ghislaine runs around with are dangerous people. Just ask Epstein. So, right. um, you know, I, I hope that, that these names are not revealed, uh, but we'll see how that goes. And then also uh, this week, uh, in another effort to delay the unsealing process, because it's, again, it's a process. Not everything has been unsealed uh, from that, that court hearing, that 2015 court hearing. Uh, Judge Preska had ordered to unseal documents and Maxwell, Maxwell has been appealing that. And in the latest appeal this week, uh, she requested to delay uh, the process and Presco once again denied. So unsealing process will move forward and we'll see what, if any new revelations come from that, if any do new documents drop from that. And then just separately, uh, but related to Epstein, there's another case between Alan Dershowitz and Virginia Roberts Jeffrey, where Les Wexner has gotten kind of thrown in the mix. And uh, so Alan Dershowitz has claimed that Virginia Roberts Jeffrey um, was trying to extort money. 
And so, of course, Virginia Roberts, Jeffrey uh, denies this, and they are requesting a deposition from Les Wexner to weigh in on this because Alan Dershowitz brought him into the, the this this case. So, Interesting. yeah, so Wexner has agreed to a deposition, a written deposition. So hmm. uh, hopefully we'll get so, some more new information, new revelations, but those are just the, the key updates on Ghislaine Maxwell this week. Yeah. Yeah. Now what's the update on uh, the status with Flynn? I sat through that Flynn dismissal rehearing this week. It was four hours long. Okay. With what it was like 10 judges. Okay. And most of them seemed to be pretty adversarial towards uh, Flynn's attorney, um, Sydney, and also towards the, the DOJ side, the prosecutor. So yeah. Um, anyways, it was kind of frustrating hearing that they were coming up with hypotheticals. These judges were in their questioning, like that had absolutely nothing to do with the Flynn case. They were coming up with the hypotheticals, like about nuns and priests witnessing uh, defendants bribe a prosecutor in order for the prosecutor to drop a case and uh, how that what? yes it was ridiculous wow <laughs> but so so it, it just w- kind of went off the deep end there uh, but the bottom line was that the solicitor general Jeffrey Wall and Sidney Powell I feel like they did a really good job arguing that Judge Sullivan had no legal grounds to keep this case open at this point and that he should be recused uh, for appearing biased. But Judge Sullivan's lawyer um, tried to make this argument that Sullivan just wants to hear the lawyers argue the motions and no follow-up questions and then he'll make a decision right then and there. Like we're not going to drag this out, which we know isn't the case. But uh, one good nugget that did come from it um, was that Wall, who is a solicitor general, had said that A.G. Barr, in their uh, decision to drop the case, A.G. Barr may have not included all of the information that they know about Flynn uh, because, and this was implied, he didn't say this, but just implying that there's other cases out there, there are other investigations out there that this is a part of, which we know, obviously, this ties to Durham's investigation and Crossfire Hurricane. But um, so he did kind of confirm that in a roundabout way in this case is that, look, we gave you all the information we can right now, but we can't give you everything, you know, because we're working on other stuff that Flynn's right. connected to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but based on the demeanor of these judges, I'm, I'm actually not really certain whether they'll dismiss the charges against Flynn. And he's going to have to fight this battle a little while longer. It may uh, even, yeah, it may even go to, to an appeal in the Supreme Court. So. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Did you guys see that Ilan Omer won her primary? So she's now going to be going, I, I, like, explain that one to me. So she's going to be going up against Republican Lacey Johnson in November. So everyone in Minnesota needs to get out and vote. Absolutely. I don't know how these people keep winning. Uh, uh, <laughs> fraud. 
the only explanation I can come up with. Good Lord. You know, there was so, a, there was a large influx of immigrants to Michigan, which may have, you know, tipped, you know, the scales in, in her favor and Elon's favor to allow that. But you know how they play. They, they also like to, to lie, cheat and steal elections especially omar Mm -hmm. how she's even able to run again is beyond me there's so much so much evidence there it's ridiculous ah so the peace deal speaker the peace agreement yeah that was good that just dropped today yeah i don't think anyone even saw this coming i mean they kept that very quiet right like completely quiet and i mean if you're going to do something like this without like any media leaks or any media spin prior to any of this dropping they did that perfectly they mm-hmm. completely shut that down perfectly but so this is a peace agreement are reached by israel and the united arab Emirates, which is actually a pretty big deal man so it's a pretty historic deal um netanyahu trump and president uh what's his name I don't know. He's, I can't pronounce his name. Ah, the Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi. So the three of them signed this deal, and it, it not not all of it's come out yet. There's still obviously more to come out to explain what it means. But under the under the deal, Israel will halt further annexation of Palestine uh, Palestinian territories which is actually pretty pretty big, and Israel has agreed to suspend sovereignty of areas on the West Bank. So that's that's kind of just a few of the things that we know at the moment. Of course, we have to wait for more to come out, because it only came out about half an hour ago. Actually, I just dumped in your DM, um, Trump just put out a joint statement between all of them. He tweeted it out. So um, I'm just now glancing at this myself. Everything's happening in real time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's not like we should be doing live shows. Are we done? <laughs> well, I've heard oh. that this is a historic peace deal that really hasn't been seen the likes of for a very, very long time. So, it's, it's, well, it's, and they talked about um, meetings in the coming weeks and potentially something going on at the White House. And it says here, uh, to sign bilateral agreements regarding investment, tourism, direct flights, security, telecommunications, technology, energy, healthcare, culture, the environment, the establishment of reciprocal embassies, and other areas of mutual benefit. So, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, this yeah, is and, really big. And apparently other uh, uh, other countries are coming to the table to another talks to make similar deals. Look, I think that this is really, I I think this is about Iran. I really do. I think that that a lot of these these countries are uh, in the Middle East are starting to come around and make these peace deals because they see the the, the dangers of that Iran is posing in that region. And I feel like it's an, an attempt to sort of unite on that front. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a pretty good assumption because, hey, if Iran does start pushing some buttons and start scoring hard in the Middle East, I mean, well, we know there's been ongoing fighting there for ages. And if you can get a few of those countries to actually be in an agreement, Iran's going to start 
really shitting themselves to, to, to continue making any of those moves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Oh really good stuff. And the liberal media's cracked me up. Uh, and and leftist supporters. Uh, boo, peace, boo. It's crazy, man. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Well, well it's, all, it's, all, it's all because, you know, Trump's involved. And, I, and, that, and you've even got people saying that he had nothing to do with it. Well, yes, because it was all sealed by a phone call between the three of them. They were all in cahoots with it. So, right, right, but right. Just, but I, I think the way they did this is the way they should start doing a lot of other things. Don't let it get to the media and just try to keep it as much in-house as possible and then drop things when they're ready to drop. One little thing I am noticing in here in their, their joint statement, it says the United Arab Emirates and Israel will immediately expand and accelerate cooperation regarding the treatment of and the development of a vaccine for the coronavirus. Working together, that. these efforts will help save Muslim, Jewish, and Christian lives throughout the region. Hmm. It's got to just squeak that damn vaccine in there, don't yeah. it? <laughs> I know. And, and, and on my what's happening while I'm going through my Facebook now, there's uh, the Business Week article, Bill Gates on vaccines, 5G conspiracies, and hydroxychloroquine. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'd love to hear what he's saying about hydroxychloroquine because he thinks that we're all nuts. We're all just nuts. It's outrageous. <laughs> Outrageous. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a doctor now, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So you guys are working on... Um, I'm still trying to get my darn report done. That big one I've been trying to get done for the past month now. Um, there's just so much going on. <laughs> I'm trying to juggle so much. And, and it's like this weekend, you know what? I want to take advantage of being able to get a little relaxing in and help out a friend with something that's going to help a lot of children. So it's a little more gratifying sometimes, you know, to be able to do things, physically do things instead of, of uh, the researching and the writing all the time. Um, but you guys, so you're working on Operation Paperclip. When do you think that's going to be out? Uh, Monday. So mon Monday's when all our episodes come out. Oh, okay. Or is Monday. That's the timetable we've set on. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be yeah. that's going to be a good one because I, I I think that this is something everyone should know. Yeah. Just at, at, at least just basics of Operation Paperclip because, like we explained inside. Uh, in, in, in the video, we feel that this is a big part of the transition of America turning to a bit of a darker darker path when they Definitely. made this decision to take all these Nazi, Nazi scientists and it led to a lot of pretty terrible things such as MKUltra, Monarch and that it all came from that one decision to you know, look past any morality and work on just getting knowledge and just furthering themselves. I think it was a big decision in American history. I think a lot of people should, uh, should know about it. It's definitely important to understand that history in order to understand kind of the origins of the CIA, what they've been up to from the beginning, in order to understand what they're up to now. And, you know, you can, you can look back at the past and it makes 
helps the, the present make so much more sense when you, when you see where we're at now. So. I mean, some, some, some of those people, some of those scientists and their doctors did outrageous things to human beings, like horrible, evil things. And they were just, by the American government, just given a free pass. And not just given a free pass, given benefits, fat military contracts, housing, immigration status, visas. I mean, they, were, they weren't, there was no justice in this process. Hmm. And I think that's important to know what governments can do behind your back and what governments will do to gain some sort of a foothold of power. Right. Yeah. So I think it'll be a good refresher for a lot of people who already know Paperclip. Uh, we probably will have some new information in there for people who even know about Paperclip. But it's definitely going to also be for those people who don't know a lot about Paperclip, too. It'll be a good, good starting point for people who want to get that information. So check it out. And I think that what it's going to do is it's going to lead us into other conversations about projects that stemmed from Operation Paperclip and later podcasts. Yeah. 100%. Good deal. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, we got through all that pretty quickly. (laughs) We did. We did. It was was smooth though. It was smooth. Good. Smooth, smooth sailing. Well, happy birthday, speaker. Yeah. Oh, you could. Okay. If I had a singing voice, I would sing to you, but I don't. You're just feeling bad because she keeps chucking it in there. Da na 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 na. They say it's your birthday. Please don't. For my birthday present, please don't sing. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Everyone, everyone wish speaker a happy birthday in the comments. Mm. All right. Makes me feel like I'm old. Forever young. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us here today on Dig It with Birthday Boy Speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Stiggs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We are now on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and as always, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Happy birthday. Happy birthday.